1: When you're feeling down and feeling lonely or feeling like I'm single, nobody wants me, whatever it is, that's not you saying that right now. That's your inner child from when you grew up telling you that you need this thing in your life when you really don't. So when you're having those thoughts, it's the best way to go about it is to really pinpoint what age group is this inner child. For me, I know it's um, around middle school time. Maybe elementary too, because I had like really weird bullying experiences, all that stuff. That was probably when my lowest self esteem was. So she comes up sometimes and will be like, No one's gonna love you, girl, because you're ugly with braces and you're a little dirty looking, whatever, all that stuff, right? Mm. But I have to remember, I'm not 12 year old or six year old puffin anymore
0: at all. When you're feeling that loneliness, when you're feeling that voice inside, just your wounded inner child, like needing some love. Hello to my brilliant Being Human with Vasavi community. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar, licensed therapist, confidence mindset expert, business strategist, and a first-generation Indian immigrant woman on a relentless mission to bring you simple and tangible actions and advice to help you step up your life and business. Get ready for unfiltered and unscripted conversations with some of the brightest and realest people I know in mental and emotional health, marketing, and business to help you get out of your head and get moving. Right now, I am super excited to share a few ways that you can work with me. You can learn more about those at VasaviKumar.com or on my Instagram page at my name is Vasavi. The first way to work with me is directly in a one-on-one VIP capacity to step up your inner game in 90 days. This is a very high-level, high-touch, personalized opportunity to dig deep with me by your side to excavate your limiting beliefs and work through whatever is stopping you from being, doing, and having anything you want. And you'll be taking a lot of action. The second way to learn from me and be surrounded by people who are committed to becoming the person they were born to be is through my membership community called Mind Your Own Business. To join the community, head on over to VasaviKumar.com. And now it's time for another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. Well, this is exciting because on today's episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast, I am talking to a fellow Indian Therapist, and you know there are not a lot of us out there. But I'm learning that actually, the more I start to kind of dig deeper, um, I, you know, in, in the interwebs and on social media, I'm finding a lot more brown girl therapists. And so I am so excited to have Pavin Basra on the show. I am um, talking in a really high tone voice, like what well, that happens usually when I get excited. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm super excited because. We're talking about something that I think, regardless of whether you're Indian or not, right, it just so happens she's an Indian therapist, but um, she's a marriage and family therapist. And I truly believe this, and I love that her and I are on the same page about this, but like, if you want to look at your patterns in relationships, you have to look at your relationship, your primary relationship, right, which is with your parents and with your caregivers, your primary caregivers from when you were a kid, because that really does set the tone for the partners that we are attracted to and that we attract in our lives. And now it's not set in stone. That's why people like me are in the line of work that we're doing. That's why people like Pavan is doing the work that she's doing, because we can break our patterns, especially if they're defeating patterns that are really not getting us what we want in life. Um, So, you know, we had a really good conversation about codependency and um, looking at our inner child and the relationship patterns that we have, starting from a very young age. And The thing that I really love the most about our conversation, um, similar to a previous conversation that I had with one one of the guests, Jessica Zweig, who was on Being Human with Vasavi uh, just a few episodes ago. So make sure to check that out. We talk about how to reframe the idea of loneliness, right? What if it's not loneliness? What if it's just you're learning to love solitude, right? It just feels feels so different. Uh, It feels more empowering, So if you're listening and you're starting to feel lonely, or maybe you've just gotten through a breakup or you're, you're, you're on your own and you're just, you know, getting hit with some loneliness, reframe that to solitude, right? There's so much more power in that, like, oh, I'm learning to love solitude rather than I'm feeling lonely. Um, Her official bio, Pavan, just a little bit about her, Pavan has always had a a passion for helping others build confidence in themselves to take on life independently and effectively. And this passion led her to pursue a bachelor's degree in psychology from UCLA, as well as a master's degree in couple and family therapy. Pavan has previously worked with women, young adults, teenagers, and people of color who struggle with self-confidence, depression, anxiety, and societal and systemic pressures. Pavan loves guiding and challenging her clients to become independent, self-loving, goal-getters, life-challenge warriors, while becoming confident in themselves overall. She continues to work with individuals of all backgrounds, in a direct and positive style to help them become the best version of themselves. Man, can you already tell why I love her so much? She is speaking my language, talking about self confidence, you know, really overcoming that depression and anxiety and really becoming independent, especially as women. We gotta learn how to be financially and emotionally independent. So we're not relying on people who, you know, there's nothing wrong with relying on other people, right? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is it's important that we become self sufficient. And we are independent on our own. So we're not bringing our codependency into into relationships, right? And looking for another person to complete us. The whole thing is that you can stand on your own emotionally, financially, spiritually, mentally, and then you can go into your relationship whole rather than needing somebody to fill in the gaps in your life and make you feel whole. So I've said enough. We're going to have a great conversation and I can't wait for you to really tune in on our conversation and take good notes and listen and be compassionate with yourself as you're listening, no matter where you are in your life and get ready. Here we are, another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast and my guest, Pavan Basra. Pavan, I am so excited. First of all, fellow brown girl therapist, there are many of us out there Yes. And I've never had a Indian therapist on the show. So I'm so, so excited, excited to welcome you here. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Even knowing that you're brown too, is a huge deal. <laughs> there are plenty of other brown therapists, but destiny was meant for me to be on this with you.
0: Well, you know, you did not take the traditional route of being an engineer or a doctor. <laughs> so definitely did not <laughs> praise baby Krishna for that. You know, um, so <laughs> we're talking about, Something that I know for sure that many of my listeners can relate to um, and have experienced and maybe could use a little guidance and advice because breakups, especially, you know, we're recording this right now during quarantine. um, If we are in quarantine or just if we've just newly out of a breakup or we're hung up on an ex, I know that quarantine and staying at home has probably exacerbated a lot of what we may not normally have experienced if we were out and about and doing our thing. Yes. So just, I would love the listeners to know a little bit about you. What kind of people do you work with? What are What, what is it that you absolutely love helping your clients that come to you for therapy for? Yeah.
1: Um, so I mainly work with women. Um, I do work with men too, but specifically it ends up being more like LGBTQIA type of um, clients as well. I have a big, uh, following with that as well. So it's mainly women, all types of things. I do work for women of color therapy. So I do have a big chunk of women of color that come to me for therapy, which is super exciting. Cause it's not that big in that world at all. Um, yeah, so that's, that's who my, my potent, my main client case is really, I love what I do. Um, my cases are nothing super extreme. Um, a lot of it has been breakups. Mm-hmm. I kid you not, I would say maybe like since quarantine, I would say maybe about 70 to 60% of my clients, 60 to 70% of my clients are dealing with some type of relationship issue or codependency issue or some type of breakup. So I don't know if something's going on in the world, the stars, the planets, whatever it is, but something's happening and it's shaking up couples like crazy.
0: <laughs> you know, what's really funny is that anytime I post anything on my social media uh, profile, especially on my Instagram Um, when I post anything related to codependency, toxic relationships, narcissism, you know, uh, family style, you know, sorry, um, attachment styles, family systems, my numbers go through the roof. And I just, I, I really would love to know from you, what is it about codependency that people are so drawn to? Why is it that this topic it's become it's always been a thing, but it's become more of a buzzword and it is very much real as someone who's a recovered addict, alcoholic, and codependent. Yeah. In, what a, what is it about codependency that people are so like, oh my god, they they really start to crack open when they when they learn about codependency and how it relates to themselves and relationships.
1: Yeah. I think we live overall in a society that is just very lonely and broken. And although people think they're more connected than ever, it's still very lonely and disconnected. There's not that depth that have relationships used to have. Um, so it makes people feel codependent and feel like, oh my God, why am I going to, I'm going to die alone, all these d- crazy thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing if you die alone? You know, what, what is that? So that's yeah. why you you're sure you living your life to the fullest. But people think living my life to the fullest means I got to get partner, kids, house, all this stuff, right? When there's so many other things that you can do too. Codependency is just, it all stems from attachment. And a lot of people have attachment problems. Attachment theory is one of my favorite theories that I talk about. We all have attachment problems. So for me, I feel like I've worked through most of mine and I have like a secure attachment, but I sometimes show like a very anxious attachment. There's three types of attachment that I like to focus on, which is secure, avoidant, and anxious. So avoidant people are the ones that have those parents. It's the same thing with parents either being too enmeshed or too distant, which can cause the child to then grow up. Be, and then they're too anxious, needy, and when they're anxious attachment, they come off very needy and clingy. That's avoidant, right. <laughs> I feel like that too. Sometimes Avoidant <laughs> attachment are the ones that are so aloof and you just, they're not emotionally intelligent. You, it's so difficult to read them in the relationship. Really difficult stuff. Match in hell is anxious person with avoidant. Oh gosh. You don't even want to know. Like that's just the worst. So in the society, it's like this bad word that we use called loneliness when it's really not that bad. Why can't we change it to solitude? where we're changing this idea of being lonely to this idea of being in solitude. Lots of people after relationships will immediately jump into another relationship. And it's very, it's just so common and it's upsetting because you're not giving your time to process this. I picked my brother's brains about it because we have, we talked, we talked about this a lot and Um, They agree that a lot of men tend to do this quicker for some reason. There's no research study on it. I'm not sure. There's no statistics. Don't ask me. Um, I was just having a a candid conversation with my brothers and they said straight out to me, you know, well, I do it because I want to make sure that my, even though my ex doesn't know, it just makes me feel good inside knowing that I'm going out and hooking up with girls and dating girls and she doesn't know, but it makes me feel good inside to know that like I'm messing around and she's just there crying.
0: Um, well, it's also because I I look at it as men are not trained in our society to feel their emotions. They're they're trained to feel good about themselves and have this like sense of pride by hunting and like chasing. Exactly. But I've talked to many, many men actually who are, I think more in touch with their emotions and (laughs) they're like going out and hooking up with women, especially after I've just broken up with someone that I was deeply in love with, doesn't feel good, but these are men that are more in touch with their own yeah. So let's just back up for one second, because I just want to be cognizant of the fact that someone listening who are like, maybe they have no idea what codependency is. Yes. Simple definition. It's not a, It's not simple, but if you had to simplify the yes. definition of codependency in your words, what is it? If
1: I had to simplify the definition of codependency, I would say someone who has the has the ability to be independent but chooses to consistently stay attached to someone so there's a difference between attachment and connection right you can stay with someone and be connected that's really healthy and good but when you're staying with someone and you're attached that's the difference it's this idea of saying so for what for one it's this idea of saying i need you and i want you when you should be saying i want you I want you, but I don't need you because you never need anybody but codependent feel codependent people feel like they need someone in like instantly all the time around them. It's also a way for them to kind of divert attention from themselves because you're not focusing on yourself at all when you're codependent let me
0: just i'm gonna just uh, <laughs> out myself here the I would say the the rock bottom of not only my addiction to cocaine and alcohol but my rock bottom when it came to my codependency. I will never forget this. I'm not embarrassed to admit this because I know who I was at that time. I'm no longer that person. But it was like a night of partying. I was with my ex, and you know, went to sleep probably at seven a.m. in the morning. You know what I mean? And like we got into this fight because I'm dopamine deficient. I'm cranky. You know that's what cocaine does to you, and just drinking and Xanax and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and like we got into this fight. Of course. And he's like, F this, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And I remember saying to him, you can't leave. I need you. I will die without you. I'm going to say this for everyone listening, because maybe you've never said those words out loud, but you have felt it, right? That feeling of without you, I am going to die. My existence will no longer be existing anymore. Like I will not be existing anymore without you. And so I feel the pain. Of the people out there listening who truly believe that they need anything that feels so, it feels pressured even saying it, even as I'm saying it, Pavan, I'm like, you know, when you say I need this person, it's so thirsty. Yes. So desperate.
1: So thirsty. I love that word. And you you bring up something for me too, as well with my past, I was 17 years old and madly in love with my high school boyfriend. Like obs- it was obsession. Mm. It was obsession. There was, it wasn't, it was love, but it was, it was obsession. And after five months of dating, he dumped me out of nowhere, completely dumped me, deletes me, blocks me off all social media. I'm like freaking out 17 years old. Like what the heck? Mm. This guy's name in my phone was his name, my husband. I'm 17 acting like I was married. I was so depressed for eight months, eight months, just crying. Couldn't even think of dating anybody else. Couldn't imagine my life without this guy. And it hit me hard. Like I never want to be like that again. I completely lost who I was completely. And that's not healthy at all. And so I'm glad that he did that because it whipped me into shape because now with this recent breakup I've had, I've been managing it like way better. And this was a five and a half year long relationship. And I was definitely codependent at some point with him too. Mm. Um, first three years, I'd say we were very codependent. He is has a lot more codependency problems. Like he has no <laughs> friends. I actually have a friend circle. He has no friends at all. So you were uh, his life. Yeah. And I obviously every girl wants that, right? That's what you think you want. The how fucking no. When I
0: think about it now, now, when I, when no I way. But back in the day, when I was with this guy, <laughs> who I did not even, I didn't even know codependency wasn't here. I was being a therapist, you know. I know it wasn't uh, until I read uh, "Codependent No More" by yes. Melody Beattie and you know. Pia Melody facing love addiction. I was like, oh my God, me and him are both messed up. And it's like, it's so funny what we think as women. I'm going to just talk about, I can only speak from a woman's perspective. What we think is love. We think it's love when it's like, he wants to spend every minute with me and we text each other all day. And now if so, I don't even have time to text my parents back, <laughs> right? And I love my, my mother and father. So, so okay, let's, let's think about this. One of the things that, let's talk about this, I mean, excuse me. When I think about um, the women that I speak to, and I'm sure the women that you speak to, one of the, one of the number one uh, challenges that they come across is this belief or, and is this thought, right? Like, it's going to sound so silly. Who's ever going to love me again? Let's just unpack that thought. Like, but am I ever going to find love again? Or now that yeah. he's not in my life, am I ever yeah. going to find love again? Where does this come from? I think it comes from just instilled with us, like even growing up watching Disney movies,
1: all of that crap, right? I mean, you know, with Bollywood even, we grew up thinking like, this is what's going to happen. Should a going to come and like pull me in at a party and we're going to fall madly in love. And, or I'm going to like, whatever, Cinderella, all it's just very false hope that we grow up thinking. And then we grow up and we realize, woo, none of this stuff is actually real. So then we start thinking, oh, we're, we're going to die alone. No, one's going to want me. It's all just boiling down to self-esteem. This, and we are, we're all, everyone, including men are lacking internal validation. We're always doing external validation, getting likes on Instagram, Um, building up, you know, performing on stage, getting applauded. That's all external validation, which is great. That builds up that confidence. But what about the internal validation, your self esteem? Then you have this fragile self-esteem that goes down. So a a form of external validation would be immediately dating after breakups, immediately going out there and trying to find your person. You're you're abandoning your soul completely. Mm -hmm. Internal validation is what we need. And this external validation drives us to think, no one's going to love me. I'm going to be alone forever, which is so unfair to ourselves. We got to stop doing that self-abandonment and start doing that self-love.
0: How do we internally validate let me let me preface it with this right so i believe that when you cannot control you create that's my that's my motto in life right i have two models in life my tagline for my business is know yourself do anything i believe we have to spend the time to cultivate a solid relationship with ourselves when we know ourselves we can we can be do and have anything we want no one can get in the way right and especially being You know, Indian, we are brainwashed to think, especially us girls, that from a young age, we have to be settled. What the fuck settled even means? I don't know, because I am so far from settled. If you think about it, according (laughs) to Indian standards, I'm divorced. I'm 38. I have no kids, right? I live alone with my golden retriever. But it's ultimately, you have to find what works for you. So then we think about, um, you know, so we, we have this, we're constantly being told who we need to be, what we need to do in order to be settled. And my second motto, that's why I've lost my train of thought, was when you can't control, you create. So there's yeah. a lot of things that we can't control in our life, right? We cannot control the fact that he left us. We cannot control that he doesn't want to marry us, or he broke up with us, or he cheated on us. But what can we control? Well, I say when you can't control, create. Create a project. Create, mm-hmm. you know, create something beautiful for yourself. Create new self-talk. So I want to just kind of drop that in there as we go into... In your line of work with people and in your own personal experience, how do we begin to internally validate ourselves? Because we're literally cutting ourselves off from external sources Yes. for validation. How do we go about doing that?
1: You stole the words right out of my mouth. One of the biggest ways is projects. But I can kind of go into depth with other things as well. Projects, not going into your work projects only. Mm-hmm. Not... Being like, okay, I had a breakup. He doesn't want to be with me. Now I'm going to invest all my time into working because that's what I do and it's the worst thing. You have to find other things, passion projects, right? So, other ways to fulfill your soul, which would be anything outside of work, anything outside of school, whatever it is, whether it means like volunteering at a shelter or starting your own podcast or um, traveling the world and giving back to some way, giving back to others makes you feel good. That's a proven fact that when you give back to other people, Mm -hmm. your soul actually feels better. Mm -hmm. It's um, surrounding yourself with good friends, right? You don't want to have friends that are going to bring you down and be like, Oh yeah, you had a breakup. Let's go out and get drunk and hook up with guys. Whatever. like, no, you don't want Worst advice ever. Worst advice. And so (laughs) many people do it. So many people do it. And they think that's the best way to get over things. It's not, um, having friends where you can just kind of like, Chill out on the couch and talk about how you're feeling, whatever all that stuff just builds more of that soul searching within yourself, that internal validation, mm-hmm. not going out and trying to get it out there. That's why I'm so glad that I mean, it's a word, weird thing to say, but that's why I'm so glad so many people are having breakups during quarantine because they have no choice but to stay inside and process. Yes,
0: yeah, can Great. I? I always say, like, people when people are asking me, like, how are you doing during corona? And I was like, listen, when I I set out to have 1 year of sobriety under my belt and obviously I'm continuing on because I'm went by the time this airs it would be like you know 1 year and 4 months at that point but I'm so happy that I went through the process of recovery because I was forced to quarantine I was forced to be with myself because when you get yeah. rid of the people places and things that you normally go to for that external validation and that's no longer there you yeah. are forced to have to Dig within, dig deep, generate your own happiness and esteem and validation from internally, from, from the inside. And so I would love, for te- I would love to hear from you because I think I, what I don't want is someone listening to this and be like, okay, cool. I'm just going to work on myself. I'm going to have a passion project. Everything's going to be okay. I'm not going to have any pain at all. Nope. No. I always say pain and progress can coexist. Yeah. What are some tips? What are some tools? that you know that can help people as they're learning to generate their own validation from within mm-hmm. and in- internally validate themselves how and, and they're feeling good right you might have like 3 4 days of feeling great and then on like the 5th day you're like what the fuck is happening yeah. <laughs> how do we how do we make peace with that both pain and progress occurring at the same time yeah
1: the best way to do this is when you're feeling down and feeling lonely or feeling like i'm single nobody wants me whatever it is That's not you saying that right now. That's your inner child from when you grew up telling you that you need this thing in your life when you really don't. So when you're having those thoughts, it's the best way to go about it is to really pinpoint what age group is this inner child. For me, I know it's um, around middle school time, maybe elementary too, because I had like really weird bullying experiences, all that stuff. That was probably when my lowest self-esteem was. So she comes up sometimes and will be like, no one's going to love you girl because you're ugly with braces and you're a little dirty looking, whatever, all that stuff. Right. Mm. But I have to remember I'm not 12 year old or six year
0: old Pavan anymore at all. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey there, this is Vasavi and my membership community mind your own business is the official sponsor of the being human with Vasavi podcast. Have you been looking for a community of people who get you, who think like you, and who are determined to becoming the person they were born to be? I'm talking no fluff, direct, real, and a raw community of people who are open-minded and willing to be honest with themselves and be the ultimate creators of their own life. Then I'm inviting you to join my subscription-based membership community, Mind Your Own Business, a community of people who you can turn to, to seek insight from, and give back to, And I'll be there by your side, leading bi-weekly, monthly membership calls that'll get you inspired, motivated, and on fire to go after anything you want. Join today by heading over to VasaviKumar.com. We're doing like a little mini crash course in inner child work. Yes. So when you feel those... Okay, so everyone listening, take out a piece of paper right now or whip out your phone and in your notes section. So when you feel... When, when you're feeling that loneliness, when you're feeling that voice inside, that's just so awful by the way, but it's just yeah. your wounded inner child, like needing some yeah. love. First thing that you got to do is be aware of it. Realize that it's not real. It is this, but it feels real. It's that inner child. First thing you ask yourself is, okay, what age am I right now? Yes. What age am I? Mm-hmm.
1: What was going on in my life where I needed, uh, I needed real attachment in that moment. What okay. was, what was real? What was it that I really needed then? And what is it that she still needs now? Or she's still coming up, he or she? Um, I say she because I'm referring to myself. But um, what is it that she needs, you know? So sometimes what I do when I'm having those thoughts coming up, I will actually close my eyes and picture her when she is younger. And I will ask her these questions directly. And it all stems from these, these attachment issues that I mentioned before, you know, anxious, um, avoidant and secure attachments are good ones, but anxious and avoidant ones. What is it that she's, why is she in that moment? Why is, is she avoidant right now? Is she anxious right now? Usually it's anxious. If you're thinking I'm going to die alone, why doesn't anyone want me? And you have to really think, what is it that she needs? Maybe all she needs was a hug or just someone to be like, you're going to be okay, girl, whatever it is. I actually have ended up having dreams where I've done this inner child work and I've ended up having a dream where it's me as an adult holding hands with my younger self while she's skipping. And I woke up crying from that. And that really changed my life because I finally gave her that attention that she needed because she was crying out all the time for this attention that I kept suppressing. So that's how you do this inner child work. There's really good YouTube inner inner child meditation guides where someone will guide you through the whole thing. Think about where you are. So I said, think about how old she is, what was happening in that life, where she is. For me, it was always my old childhood house. Um, who's around her? Let's take a quick break.
0: Having been in therapy since the age of 12, I know firsthand just how powerful the process of finding the right therapist is. Going to therapy and talking things out with my therapist has made me happier, clearer, and most importantly, I have a plan for my mental health. I have tools to be able to communicate with others and also the tools to cope when life gets hard, which it does. So let me ask you a question. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who's going through a hard time, Therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with the therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with the therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really fit with that therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stress out about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. I don't know where I would be without the help of therapy and my therapist, but I do know that life would feel that much harder. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this podcast. Wow, there is a lot here, and I'm definitely going to link. Um, if you have a favorite inner child guide on YouTube that you want to um, mm-hmm. share, let me know, and I'll link those in the comments. I I, I went to sleep last night with uh, affirmations to overcome anxiety. I definitely mm-hmm. struggle with anxiety. I actually restarted. I started seeing a therapist again mm-hmm. uh, for myself, and I and I, I shared this on social media. I was like, you know, therapists need therapy too. Like, I'm I'm holding people. I'm helping people, and so. Yeah. I always just want to make sure I have myself in check. I don't ever want to go where I was in my addiction. Well, obviously I'm sober now, but it's like just giving and outputting without really inputting for myself. And my first therapy my session, my first session back in therapy last week, oh my God, I felt so open and raw. I cried so I much and I have no problem crying. I'm not one of those people that like crying is weak. Like, no, it's, it's like a fart, you know, if you gotta let it go, let it go. I, I don't believe in being emotionally constipated. But um, I really love this breakdown of the inner child work. everything, even the most like logical person who can, log- you know, use logic to get through anything, even the most logical person here needs to be doing the inner child work, especially if those thoughts, feelings, emotions come up. Um, and I really, so, so your age that you talked about was like more middle school. Do you have instances where it's even earlier than that? Because I'm sure maybe you've learned yeah. this. in in, you know when you went to school for social work right um you do a marriage and family therapy okay marriage (laughs) and family no marriage (laughs) and family therapy yes thank you um we were taught we were trained that like that early memory of when we kind of when that ego was developed was usually around like i would say three to eight right like ages three to eight so I know you said middle school, but do you have inst- earlier memories?
1: Yeah. So middle school for me is the moment when I felt like my ugliest. So that's why she comes up when I'm feeling like not cute or like nobody wants me. But I will say the one that comes up the most is around age six, it's me- elementary school. I went to a very, um, uh, I don't want to say this very different elementary school where I was basically the only Indian girl really there. And there was a lot of bullying, um, so I also felt really insecure there too, but I wasn't fully aware of what was going on. Cause I was so young. It wasn't until I got older and I guess
0: became more woke that I was like, that wasn't cool. None of that stuff was okay.
1: So you were, uh,
0: you were, you were exposed to pain, but from a, you were exposed to rejection from a very young age.
1: Yeah. Very young age. Yeah. Uh, the girls would be like, let's hang out at lunch. And then they would meet up with me and then all see like, okay, we're going to run and ditch her. It was all planned out because I was like the only one that was different looking, um, so I learned that at a pretty young age for sure. And then growing up in a Indian household, like with the aunties and all that, we grew up in a very vain egotistical culture as well. Um, so that obviously plays a role too. You're from North India, right? Yeah, I'm Punjabi.
0: Yeah, you're Punjabi. So it's funny cause I'm South Indian. And so for in the, in the South Indian community, it's not really so much about vanity and what you look like. It's more of accomplishments, like what you look mm-hmm. on paper. So it's more yep. like, yeah, I know this about Punjabi people and I, I see it, There's a big difference between Punjabis and, and South Indian, but it's still about what we look like on the outside. Yeah,
1: just whether, like what are you doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, whether it's like what you look like or how much money are you making, how big is your house, are you, are, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we'd go to family parties and they're like, everyone wanted to talk to my sister because she was in an Ivy League and I was yet, you know, I was on the Ivy League yeah, and, and the minute I went and got into an Ivy, I went to Columbia for my social work master's degree, then uh-huh. people wanted to pay attention. So, we're so taught from a very young age and even older, like o- older in life, like as young adults, like what it takes to feel loved or yeah. to be given attention. So that external validation. Yeah. It's funny you say that my issue
1: was the same. Then my sister was always the one like, Oh, I want to let me talk to her. Good, the water, all the aunties be like, let me see which one is she single. And then it switched to me. Oh, let me, I'm going to take the UCLA one, but it's funny. Cause it's like, what makes you think I want to date your son? Yeah, you know, didn't you even ask me permission. Yeah, um, so that's a it is a huge issue in the culture overall in that aspect. But when it comes to this whole idea of codependency, it's also cultural for our situations. Very enmeshed. Our cult, collectivist cultures are somewhat codependent. We're taught to be that way. Um, do you find so, that Indian? So do you work? Is your client I have you? a couple of South Asian clients.
0: So what I want to ask you this, and and what I want to ask of you is this, I was not planning for this interview here to be like solely targeted towards Indian girls. And And I'm not going to do that, but I am curious to know, have you found, so everyone listening, whether you're white, black, brown, doesn't matter. Codependency is codependency, right? And it it really is about your attachment style as as Pavan was saying, but I'm just curious because I'm I'm the host and I'm going to ask you whatever the hell I want. Uh, I'm going to ask you, do you find with Indian girls that like, the codependency is is even more prevalent. Do you notice that with Indian girls and they just don't even realize it? You know what?
1: Um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would say it's fairly the same, to be honest with you, but they're a lot more open with me about the idea of being alone, putting up with men um, that they shouldn't put up with simply because that's what they've been taught. I had mm-hmm. a, actually a really good session a couple of weeks ago with one South Asian client who said, she's very, very young, who said, you know, if my parents were just open about dating and relationships, I probably would have known better and not allowed men to do the things that they've done to me Mm. because they don't talk about it. Right. It's like we created the Kama Sutra, but nobody wants to talk about this stuff. Makes no sense. So she's continuously like most of the Indian clients I have, do let men kind of call the shots and they don't realize they'll be like, you know, what if he wants to leave me? And I have to remind them, well, you, well, you could leave him too. He's losing something as well. It's not just you. Why is it always, he could leave me. Why can't it be like, I
0: could leave him too, you know? Well, I find that I, I find that like, and so I'm going to broaden this conversation back up again when I, I have been this person too. So everyone listening, you know me, I'm not going to say something to you that I've not experienced myself. I remember with that ex that was, uh, that, Definitely went on for way too long. I was like waiting for him to leave me. And Mm -hmm. I would always just be like, Well, well, he needs I I need closure. He needs to break up with me. And I remember a good girlfriend said said to me, and a therapist, a very good therapist, Linda, she said to me, She's like, Why can't you make the decision to end it? And And then what I realized is, and I love my parents, and I'm not throwing them under the bus they should not be together right now. I think most people should not be together, to be honest. Just- oh, yeah, 100%. So I, in my mind, and I think a lot of women have this, it's like our responsibility to make it work. And our, yeah. and you know, we don't want to shut the door because that's not nice. Yeah. But we're waiting for the door to be shut on us. Yeah. What is that?
1: It's It's so weird and confusing. And it's also this idea where you're seeing all these couples, right? And you're like, Oh, I got to stick it out because they look so happy, but you have to remember no couple is happy. I kid you not. Most, like <laughs> of the couples I know majority, I'd say 90% of the couples I know in my head, I'm like, I would never put up with that crap that you're putting up with girl. Like never would you ever, I would never yeah. allow myself to put up with that. And so we, you know, Instagram, all of this stuff just makes everything seem like it's lollipops and cupcakes when it's not. Nobody, it's this toxic positivity. And so then they're just like, okay, well, I want, I'm going to stay with him, but I'm just going to wait it out until he leaves me. That's not, you're not having no control over yourself at all. No power at all. You're giving all the power away. It's a dance in a relationship. Yes, there's equal power, but the power always fluctuates and you have to keep sending it back and forth with each other over and over. So it's again this whole idea of loneliness versus solitude. Why do we have to use this word loneliness? Loneliness has this negative connotation. It's like you're going to die alone and it's just like you with 50 cats dead on the floor and nobody knows you're dead. You're you're even dead. Solitude would- and you're choosing to just be in solitude. I love this quote I have from this book called uh, All About Love by Bell Hooks. It says knowing how to be solitary is central to the art of loving when we can be alone we can be with others without using them as a means of
0: escape absolutely love that quote. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna quote you on that send me that quote and i'm okay. gonna i'm gonna make sure that that is something that is central to this conversation because um and i love that you brought it back full circle to the loneliness and the solitude and i love that i'm a, i'm a words girl it's like we're so trying to be nice and kind and considerate of everyone else and the words that we use. And I love that you pointed to the word that we use, loneliness. Why don't we use, solitude sounds way better. Solitude sounds, like, solitude sounds like a choice, yeah. right? It sounds like a choice. Loneliness is like boo-hoo, um, I'm lonely. And yeah. I gotta tell you, I everything that you're saying, as you're talking, I'm like, man, if people just learned how to love their own solitude, yeah. life would be a lot easier and also, uh, life would be simpler. I had a I had a guest on here, Jessica Zweig, who I love. Her I was on her podcast. She was here, and the title of our episode it's like a few things, and it's just like loving solitude. She talked about loving solitude, so I think this is definitely like a hint, everybody. Yeah, you know, Jessica was talking about this. Now Pavan is talking about loving solitude and switching from loneliness to sol- just that shift in words. I yeah. I feel it differently. And I'm someone who loves solitude. It's yeah. like. I think about and you work from home, right? Well, right now you're working from home. Yeah, right now I'm working from home. And I work from home all the time and it's just like, man, Im- imagine if I didn't love lo- like being alone. It would be really hard. Oh,
1: right? It would be so difficult. I wonder yeah. about those type of those people that have those severe codependency problems like how they're coping with this, you know, being completely alone in their apartments
0: or houses. When I look back at um my codependency and how literally even to go grocery shopping I wanted him to come with me like I thought love you did too yeah Yeah. so for me it was like oh my god we're gonna go grocery shopping together and then we're gonna go do this together and then we're and I'm like fuck that I liked it Uh, grocery grocery time like grocery shopping is like my time I could spend two hours at Whole Foods and I'm happy like it's just my so it's like it's just so funny and I, I want everyone to hear this if you are resonating with this like you haven't given yourself the space and the chance to really be with yourself. And this is what I want everyone to hear loud and clear. If you gave yourself the same time, attention and energy as you gave to cultivating that relationship with that partner, first of all, you're going to realize you're really fucking happy alone and in (laughs) solitude. Second of all, you're going to realize just how amazing you are, like how much fun you actually are. And when I hear women being like, you don't understand. We had so much fun together. I'm like, and then like, I, I like learn a little bit about the men that they were with. I'm like, he was boring. You brought the fun.
1: I love that you said that. So I'm going to completely self-disclose about my recent breakup. I had a five and a half year relationship, broke up with him in October. This was like someone I grew up with. I was 20 when I met him, hit it off. We had a great first three years of our relationship. I was definitely codependent. He 100% is codependent. He had a girlfriend when I met him. He has never been single. I on the other hand was single three years before I met him, um, but I completely just I loved it like we had a great time. But then around the third year, it hit me where I was like, why do I have to rely on him to do everything? I'm very outgoing, so quarantine for me was a little different like to adjust to. But I ended up loving it, and I've saved a lot of money from going out. But <laughs> I usually go out every weekend. Like my thing is, I want to go dancing, I want to go out and. So, and so every weekend, it would be me relying on him to do things. And so it really hit me hard. I need to make more effort with my friends. What am I doing here? He would flake on me for music festivals the day of, and I'd have to find someone to quickly. It was just a mess. So ended up what my steps were, and not everyone has to follow these steps. It's, it was just something that worked for me is I started to really notice that I was, I was too codependent. He also didn't really have like a career or anything going for him much. So, and I'm very career oriented, very type A. A lot of my energy after therapy was doing therapy on him. And Mm. then- Project, he was your project. Became my my project. I was working my ass off. I helped him get into uh, college and get and graduate. Like all my time was invested in making him grow. But what was I doing for myself? my, I started, my hair was falling out. I was, I got alopecia. I was not tending myself at all. So what I started to do is I made more effort with my friends. My friends and I started to go out. We really started to connect again. Um, it got to the point where anything I wanted to do, go to art show, go to see a concert. I didn't no longer needed to ask him, Hey, can you come with me to it? Then I got to the place where I turned 25 and I was like, I'm going to go to a concert on my own by myself, which is a huge deal because I can do dinner. I can do all that by myself, but concerts is a different thing. Went to a very chill concert. It was like indie rock at the forum, Ubered over there, enjoyed this concert by myself. And it was so, I almost wanted to cry at this concert because I felt so liberated. It was very different. And I never experienced that before. Then from there, carried on working on that investing in projects that i wanted to work on doing fun stuff with me and my friends it didn't have to always be with him he started to realize i was pulling away a little bit and then i really started to full on pull away because in my head i was like what are you
0: doing for me though right i'm doing but, all this for you what are you doing for me but you only started to notice that as you you had to pull away you had to learn to feel liberated first it's much and harder I, yeah, yeah. Very hard, and I was hoping
1: maybe he would join his path. I had a talk with him. I said, "Look, a lot's going to change you know my mental my mentality is changing i 'm not twenty year old puppet anymore, so you can either grow with me or not, and he's like i'm gonna grow with you totally did not completely backfired, broke it off, thought he might grow if I break up with him, and he did the complete opposite. He already has a new girlfriend, he has major identity issues, so in my head, I was like if i didn't break up with him I wouldn't known any of that right I would have just carried on therapizing, trying to make him succeed all of this stuff I would have invested all this time and right when I broke up with him my career thrived all because I'm only focusing on me I'm just like thriving right now this is the best I've ever been in my entire life I feel like an adult like and I don't have to tend to someone else when I'm off the clock and be like hey
0: what's up with you are you okay are you in a good headspace I don't care you know know how much freedom there is not having to check in with somebody like I was telling my girlfriend the other day I was like I don't need a good morning text, and nor do I want to text you, how are you doing? It is just about, the boss, and be like, I have these moments where I'm like, on a Friday night, you know, obviously, by the grace of God, I am sober, and I, like, I'm like i not that yeah. anymore, but like now my Fridays are like, what do I want to do, boss? Okay, let's get takeout from your favorite <laughs> restaurant. Let's watch an old 90s movie. Like, I just, um, my Friday night was, uh, I, I laid in bed and I watched, Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. You're probably, oh, like, I think you might probably. be a little young for that, right? No, is it? <laughs> it is an old movie i'm 38 and i know you're in your mid-20s and that's fine but it's an old ass movie it's like christina applegate like when she- oh okay okay it is an old movie but like i was telling my friend i'm like man it feels so good to not have to coordinate with anyone and i want to say this and i'm going to say this the minute you stop getting distracted. okay not just just distracted distracted we are distracted by the dick we are distracted by this like we need to be cuddled we need hugs we need the dick and I listen I understand and we want to be touched trust I'm a woman who has physical needs also trust me but I also what I've been doing in this time of solitude for myself channeling that same sexual energy that untapped sexual energy I just put that shit into my work Yes. I put it into my work. I put it into working out. Yes. You know what I mean? So how have you been? What You're single right now, right? Yeah. Where Fully
1: single, you- really like not talking. I'm not even talking to anybody. And at first, yes. it was, you know, it, I, I just choose. I really, I'm one of those people, like once I have a break, well, I, I goofed up. After my breakup, I immediately dated someone, which was a big mess, which I totally tell everybody, everybody don't do that. It was yeah. just not, because I would be crying in my car still about annex, ex, but dating someone, it was, just wasn't fair. Yeah. So... For me, the best way is what you said, working, right? And doing all the investing in yourself. It's like, you have to make this investment. Think of yourself as like your own business deal, investing in that. Mm, And so a lot of times, like with this whole codependency issue is I've had one client tell me, you know, when you tell me to like go out and grab dinner on my own, it's a little weird. Like, I don't know anyone who does that except you. Do you know how bad that is that like she, I'm the only person this woman knows who can go to dinner by herself. That means she's
0: surrounded by other codependent, needy women. That's the problem. The problem is if every single woman in your life, including your mother, including your sister, including, if they're all about the marriage, the marriage relationships, you're shit out of luck. I gotta say, I gotta say Pauvin, this is why I started my membership community called Mind Your Own Business. It's called Mm -hmm. MYOB, Mind Your Own Business. It's, It's twofold, right? Mind your own business, really the emphasis is on the mind here. Your business is whatever it is. It could be an actual business. It could be an idea, a goal. You are your own business. Remember how you said like, when you you're like, investing in yourself, but it's also mind your own business. Like focus on yourself, man. Like I'm the first one to admit, like I have the Midas touch. I could t- take any man and I could turn him into gold because yeah. I've invested that much. And it's like, I've invested that much in myself. Mind your yeah. own business. This membership community is really for women who want to focus on themselves, whether it's, and, and, and obviously it's an investment, right? Cause you're paying monthly to be a part of this community and I'm you know, offering monthly calls and, and on different topics like self-talk, codependency, but I just think if more women found better women to hang out with, yeah. right? Rather than old school yeah. traditional ass thinking that you need a yeah. man to be something, you would be something. You exactly. would actually be something if you broke out yeah. of that thinking. I love this thing like um so we have to be completely
1: honest with ourselves right like we don't want to fully be alone and like have no man touch us or woman whatever it is we have to be honest and be like at the end of the day we still want to love and be loved like that's just the truth i know yes. for me like i for sure still want that 100 percent and i'm gonna be patient about it i'm not gonna force it but there's this thing that i love that like will smith and jada pinkett smith say to each other like will smith is like you know it's too much responsibility to put happiness on someone else like okay, you're going to make me happy. Like that's so much responsibility for the other person. What they say is they both say we are separate people who are happy separately. And then we share the happiness together. So that way it doesn't add pressure on each other. So that's why working on this codependency, so you can be happy separately
0: and then come together and share it. I'm happy that you, first of all, I mean, who doesn't love Will Smith and Jada? Oh my God. love (laughs) them. You know, I've been watching Will Smith since, the first episode ever of Fresh Prince yeah. of Bel-Air. I watched the actual <laughs> yeah. premiere of the show. <laughs> but um, I love what you just said, because I want everyone to hear this, and I'm glad that you said this. Do I ever want to be in a relationship? Absolutely. I think I don't say that enough on this podcast, but of course I, I'm a lover, man. I, I love the shit out of the people in my life. But yeah. I, you, this is why, like I say, you have to know yourself, because I know right now, if I were to meet a new guy, or or you know, rekindle something with somebody, or whatever, because I wasn't in another relationship after my very toxic codependent relationship, and mm-hmm. he's a great guy, the one after that. But if I were to get back together with him, or if I were to venture on a new relationship, I know myself enough to know that I would be engulfed in that. That my fo- I would, I would lose focus. Mm-hmm. I would lose focus we allow men to be focused on their stuff. But if a woman wants to be focused on her career and on herself, she's considered selfish. And that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, it is bullshit. bullshit. Women are, research has shown that women are punished for being selfish as compared to men. And so I'm really happy you said that because we are not saying, you and I, Pavan, are not telling everybody, be single for the rest of your life, just learn to be alone and die alone. But what you just said was, Learn to be happy on your own and start to vibrate on a higher level because what's going to happen is if you're feeling needy and if you're thirsty and you're desperate, guess what? You're going to attract that. You're going to attract that. It's just going to look a little charming, right? Yeah. No, that's 100%
1: true. That's what you attract. It's like that law of attraction thing. That's what it is. So I love this thing when I went to therapy after my breakup, Um, went to a very, very, very challenging direct therapist. It was kind of scary. But one thing... (laughs) One thing he said to me was I would always come in and be like, you know, like I'm a catch. I feel like I'm freaking cool. I'm awesome. Like I got my shit together and I like to have fun on the weekends and I'm not judgmental. Like what guy wouldn't want to be with this? Like this makes no sense. And I'd be like, I don't know where he is. One thing he said, he's like, he's not lost. He's not lost. He's out there. You're just not ready for him. Cause he, I always said that I date boys, not men. And I'm very aware of that. I do become mother in my relationships. I've had therapists tell me this before. It's just because I date men who have potential, which is really, really bad. Um, and I become mom. So he's telling me, you want a man. And I keep saying, I want a man. But do I really want a man right now? I don't have the time right now. I don't think I'm busy. I'm focusing on me. I'm still learning that internal validation within myself as well. And I need to work on that with my clients too. Like there's no time really right now. So yeah, he's out there. He's not lost. I'm just not ready. And this goes for everyone else out there. You might keep saying, where is he? Where is he? I don't know where he is. He's out there. You just right now in this moment, you're just not ready for it. And you have to figure out what it is. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to rush it and make myself ready for it when I'm probably not, even though I keep saying I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready. I'm good. Like I got my shit together. Maybe I just need to be single straight up right now. Again, for those three years, whatever it is, it takes just focus on me and it'll happen. He, this guy will come up when I am ready and I'll know.
0: Let's talk about patience and faith. Because when I hear you say that, I'm right there with you. Like, I decided, I, I, my, one of my goals, in addition to, get to, to reaching a year of sobriety, but one of my biggest goals, Pavan, was honestly, I wanted to get to the point where I could honestly say to myself, if I died alone, and I never met someone, and if I had to be alone for the rest of my life, I'd be okay. I'm honestly at that point. And it's not, it's not like a, I'm I'm like, I'll be okay. I know I'll be, because it's the feeling of, and it's the belief of, I'm not going to be okay, right? Because something happened when we were younger, where our parents were not maybe there for us, or our safety was threatened. And we, we, we told ourselves, I'm not okay. So that I'm not okay has infiltrated every area of our life, which is why we latch onto people, places and things that suck and actually make our life worse. But I, one of my biggest goals was like, I will know when I feel like, I'm going to be okay. And I'm at that point where it's like with or without you, I'll be okay yes. by myself. And just my, my golden retriever who's passed out here next to me, I'm going to be okay. And I think uh-huh. for everyone listening, like you got to get to that point. Would you not say? Yeah, of course. Like the one thing I, there's two things I love to tell
1: my clients when they're feeling this upset about a breakup is one of them is, um, if you could love someone so wrong, someone that's wrong for you, so right, and spoil them, take care of them, but they were clearly wrong for you. Imagine how good it's going to feel when you're loving the right person. Mm. That gives them that feeling of like, okay, there's hope. There is someone out there. Cause I did do it right with this person and he just wasn't the person for me. Yes. And then another one is telling, telling yourself like, I want someone, but I don't need them. There's a difference between want and need. You don't need, you need shelter. You need food. You need water. You need that. You need a sense of belonging, which doesn't mean dating people, a sense of belonging like tribes, villages, joining clubs, empowerment groups, things like that. Joining my membership community. Joining your <laughs> membership community. That's a perfect way. But you don't need complete partnership. You can get love from other things as well.
0: Yeah. You
1: Absolutely. have to tell yourself
0: that. That's a that's a really good distinction. And I think, you know, guys listening, um, If it's hard for you to apply that need versus want when it comes to your relationships, you know, I love the quote, how you do anything is how you do everything. Look at other areas of your life where you feel like you absolutely need it and like go without it and see if you'll be okay. Like start detaching in smaller areas, right? Like, because it is hard with people. It is hard when you're trying to detach. So it's like, okay, for example, um, I used to, you know, I make my own coffee, this is so silly, okay? But it's it's tangible and it's a small win. (laughs) I always used to make my, I used to always um, get coffee outside, right? But what I did was, for my birthday, my mom asked me what I wanted. So I got a um, a really cute espresso maker. It's just like you put it on the gas stove or a regular stove. I have a gas stove. And it's just a little espresso maker. It was 40 bucks? She got it for me. I drink my coffee at home every day. I never get coffee outside. With, and if I do, it's like a treat. It is like a treat. treat, yeah. treat. But it's like... We we think we need certain things. It's like, oh, I need to get my coffee from outside. It's like, no, I don't. Oh, no, you don't. No, I don't. I can be self sufficient and make my coffee at home. But guys, just start with little things. Like, what do you tell yourself that you absolutely need? And just see if you can go without it. Yeah. Outside, outside of the basics, like you said, water. Right, trying
1: those little steps. No, it's so true. I mean, growing up, even here in a Western country, I remember one time at lunch in high school, this girl was like, "I, have my friend, I have to go to the bathroom," and I said, "Okay." And she said aren't you going to come with me to the bathroom? I was so confused. Cause I've never been that type of girly girl where I'm like in groups with girls. And yeah. I guess that's what most girls do is they go to the bathroom. I get it. If you're at a club and your friend's drunk, go, to, go to the bathroom yeah. with her. please. But this was lunchtime. And so that right there was, <sighs> and I said to her, I looked at her and I said, well, why can't you go to the bathroom on your own? And she, she looked kind of like gave me a stank face and went to the bathroom on her own. I didn't understand why I had to leave my other friends at lunch to go to the bathroom with her. That shows right like there, like, and this is what most girls and women do is like, even going to the bathroom, you have to go together. Like, what, what is, where does this whole idea come from? It's so like weird and strange to me. So, it's taking those baby steps, I always tell my clients like, start with, you know, doing something by yourself. Like, go to a painting workshop or go to dinner. If dinner is too daunting for you to say, dinner oh, lunch. for lunch, lunch is go to lunch. Yeah, go go get a smoothie by yourself or something. Yeah. Exactly. Do things like that and then work your way up to like bigger things. Like I worked my way up to a concert. Um, or even then I now I can go to like a music festival on my own and not feel scared or weirded out that I'm by myself. Yeah. Like working your way up. I didn't just get there though and was just one day like I'm gonna go do that on my own. It was all a work and step way up. I started off with my friends a little bit. It was like one friend you know, we go to dinner, or whatever, no longer hitting up my boyfriend at the time to always do things with me, then working my way up to then eventually being like, hey, I'm gonna go to Pasadena and work at a coffee shop by myself for the day and go check out an art gallery and eat sushi. I spent the whole day out there by myself. And it's uh, it was all steps that you take to get to that level where you can no longer feel like you need to hit someone up to
0: hang out with all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and start small as like a, go for a walk outside in the morning I have these big old uh, earphones. Where are they? I can't find them. They're like big headphones my sister got me. I love them. They're Bluetooth. But I either listen to a podcast or I listen to music. Or sometimes I just walk by myself with my dog and just let the the sun beat down on me. And it's just, uh, what I want everyone to hear is like, yes, I know it's daunting. But then also, this is why I always talk about dismantling the beliefs. Mm -hmm. Do you actually... Do you are you are you actually afraid of being alone or have you been told your whole life that it's important that you find some love? Yeah. And that you've been conditioned and brainwashed by media, by Disney movies, by every single fucking romantic comedy that it's about this girl, this damsel in distress that's being rescued by Captain Savajo, right? Yeah. And now it's like now she's happier, right? She was miserable yeah. and now she's happy. Exactly. It's like why can't she be happy on her own? So just yeah. not, like really start to ask yourself whether we're talking we're talking about relationships right now, you know, Papa, you and me but this is applicable to every area of your life if you don't like something ask yourself like wait what have i told myself about this area that oh i need to be a multi-millionaire to be happy listen money's great and if you want to make a lot of money go for it but just like check yourself right always check yourself first what is the belief that's driving this
1: yeah think about it if you can't hang out on your own or go walk on your own or have lunch on yourself by yourself why would someone else want to do that with you then I love, I, I watch that. RuPaul religiously. I freaking love RuPaul Charles. And he'll, he always says, you can't love yourself. How in the hell are you going to love somebody else? And it's so true. Like, how can you give love to someone else
0: when you can't even hang out on your own by yourself? That's because, so- they, because it's coming, because by the way, then your, your ability to actually rec- give love to the person that you're with, it's going to co- come from a very conditional place, right? It's like, because if you can't be alone and you cannot give yourself what you need, then when you enter into a relationship, you're going to be looking at that person as what can I get from them? Right. And so you're not, it's selfish. It's selfish. That person is literally just a, just like an ATM of love for you. So, and then everything you do for that person has a condition attached to it. Right. It's like, well, I'm going to love you. I'm going to do this for you, but it's because I want something back rather than I'm happy as I am as a, on my own. And I'm doing this because I truly want to. Yeah. Right. So the huge, it's not fair to use
1: other people as a means of escape as well, you know, trying to divert the attention off yourself. So you're just going to invest so much into someone else. And I really feel like that's why even with me, my relationships have that mother son relationship in the past, because I was diverting all the attention off me. I was like, okay, got to invest in you. I got to help you figure this out. But what I was just completely abandoning myself. And a lot of women tend to do that. Like we immediately overcompensate in relationships. It's so that's just what we do and so when you start to do things on your own the relationship dynamic completely changes with yourself and with your actual
0: relationship i appreciate this entire conversation and we could go on and on It's needed <laughs> are there any um are there any last things that you want to say to my audience right now about really learning to love solitude
1: yeah so first of all if you're going through a breakup Make sure you just ride the waves. You're going to have days where you feel very normal and you're like, I'm good. I don't need a man or a girl, whatever. You're going to have days where you're just going to feel like uh, this really sucks. I don't know if you're familiar with the stages of breakup, but it's not generic. It's not for everyone, but I kind of feel like everyone kind of goes through it. You start with the n- denial phase, which is when you're kind of just like, did this really happen? Did I really just have, a, am I really alone right now? Then it leads to anger. Anger isn't a real emotion. It's secondary. Um, all underneath anger, sadness, hurt, shame, guilt, all those really strong emotions. Then it turns to sadness, really sad. You're mourning this relationship. Treat your breakup like a grief, like actually act like this person died. I totally, totally am on board with you blocking exes and no longer having contact with them, which is so strange because a lot of people don't do that. It's like, you just took a shit in the toilet. Why are you going to go look in the toilet and touch your poop? Why are you going to do that? Cut it off, block it, do that. Then you're going to lead to this feeling of jealousy, right? okay, well, this person's moved on. like, Or he has a girlfriend already. Why don't I? Or all this other stuff, jealousy of him maybe maybe getting a job or doing something else. I don't know. It's this competitive mentality. And then you go from apathy, which is like feeling numb. I don't feel anything. I don't feel sad. I don't feel angry. I just don't feel anything. I'm just living and just trotting along. From there, you kind of get to that acceptance phase where you're like, all right, it's broken up. We're good. I'm good. I'm alive. Then you get that hope thing, which is where you finally are like, he's out there. I'm going to find him one day because he's not really lost. I'm just going to get ready for him one day or her. So those are the, those are the things you have to be patient with, with, with when you're going through breakups, right? And working on this internal validation, checking in with your inner child all the time, gratuity mantras. I love saying those every morning. I'll open my blinds, say something I'm grateful for. Um, because there's so much more to be grateful for outside of, Oh, I'm grateful for my boyfriend. Like <laughs> or, I'm grateful for my partner. Like it's just no. Um, and really switching that mindset from lonely to solitude. Don't use the word I'm feeling I'm lonely. If you feel lonely, go ahead and say, I'm feeling lonely. Reach out to support for friends, call them, you know, but if you feel like I'm feeling lonely, cause I'm just in my house by myself, switch it to, I'm not lonely. I'm in solitude right now. I'm making this coffee by myself in solitude with my dog, whatever it is. It's all about switching that self-talk.
0: I love you're speaking my language. And finally, I know I said that was the last question, but finally, um, there's really nothing for me to say follow up. You're saying all of it. So I'm just like, go girl, go (laughs) guest on the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. (laughs) Lastly, what does, okay. I always ask everyone, what does being human mean to you? And in relation to breakups, what do you want to say to people listening who are going through a heartbreak, breakup? Um, you know, just kind of learning to love solitude, get, in, get into a relationship. What does it mean to be human, as a as girl? For,
1: for breakups, for being human, is allowing yourself to feel. A lot of people think, okay, if I have a breakup, I immediately to like immediately need, need to numb myself distract myself, all this stuff. If you're feeling like you need to cry, go and cry. Crying is so therapeutic and beautiful. I hate people who say they hate crying. I love crying. When I see you cry shows growth. You have to look at it as though you're in this rose bush. You got to go through the thorns to get to the roses, right? So being human is allowing yourself to feel emotions. If you're feeling like, I don't want to get up today and I don't want to talk to someone, I don't want to You know, go out to lunch or friends with brunch with my friends. You have every right to stay home. That's being human. You don't need to be doing things all the time to feel like you are a human. You can take time off and just kind of process. That's okay. And so, being human for me is allowing yourself to express freely, being yourself fearlessly, and, you know, just figuring out who you are outside of your career, outside of what your hobbies are, outside. What are you really? Like, who is that inside? That's being human. So allowing yourself to just flow with it
0: all. Thank you so much, Pavan. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. For even more inspiration and motivation to be the person you were born to be, grab my free guide on the 10 must-have habits of ultra-confident women over at vasavikumar.com forward slash guide. If you got some golden nuggets from today's episode, which I have no doubt you did, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a heartfelt review. And remember, when you know yourself, you can be, do, and have anything you want. If you love today's episode then say it out loud. Subscribe, leave a review and come say hi over on Instagram at my name is Vasavi. Until next time, say it out loud.